The Saints may have lost their starting quarterback on Sunday when Derek Carr went down in the third quarter against the Packers, but they didn't lose him for the season. We'll talk about all the latest on number four right here on the Straight Up Saints podcast. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. What is up, Houdet Nation? Welcome back inside another Monday morning edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. I'm your host, Chris Vogel, and as always, we're brought to you here by Scott McNair, Injury Lawyers. You've been injured in any kind of accident, car, truck, 18-wheeler, hurt offshore. Scott McNair handles it all. You can give him a call at 504-500-1111 for a free consultation. They'll always fight for the win. So we got another update on Derek Carr. We got a few updates on Derek Carr on Sunday night and then kind of leaked into this morning with Ian Rappaport making a, a pretty brief appearance on NFL Network's Good Morning Football, but he was able to talk about Derek Carr's situation for just a little bit. So let's get into what we know about Derek Carr. Uh, we know, obviously, he got hurt in the third quarter of the Packers. We know it was on the play where Rashawn Gary kind of swung him to the ground, I would say. So this is where it started. First off, we found out he was at the hospital, local hospital, getting x-rays, and you start hearing, oh, maybe they're looking for internal issues. And that was the big concern, right? Did he puncture a lung, whatever. Thankfully, it is none of that. Rappaport tweeted, uh, in quotes, Derek Carr could still miss time, but this does not appear to be a season-ending scenario. He then said that it was an AC joint sprain and said, when Carr plays will be determined by the swelling and how he gains mobility. And then this morning, which I transcribed about oh, like 20, 30 minutes ago when he was on TV, he said, not as serious as feared. My understanding, AC joint sprain. We'll see if he's able to come back. Would be a little surprised if he does play this week, but he did avoid major injuries. So, the fact that this came out, the fact that we're talking about him being able to catch the team flight, we're talking about him uh, not suffering a season-ending injury, no talk about a punctured lung, no talk about uh, a dislocation. If it is truly an AC joint sprain, this all comes down to, at the end of the day, like Ian Rapport said, it comes down to swelling and also comes down to pain tolerance and mobility. And the one thing I will say in terms of pain tolerance, the Saints have one of the tougher quarterback rooms. Derek Carr doesn't miss time unless he absolutely has to. He's played through a ton of injuries in his career. Same goes for Jameis Winston, who actually dealt with a similar injury back when he was in Tampa. I also think he dealt with the AC joint sprain on his throwing shoulder. It all comes down to the grade of this. If this is a grade one, who knows? Maybe Derek Carr does play Sunday against the Buccaneers. If it's grade two, maybe Derek Carr misses two, three games. And I'll talk about if that's the case in just a couple minutes. But what I want to say before this and kind of close out this whole Derek Carr situation, because it is incredibly frustrating. And the dialogue on it is kind of the same. I think most of us are all in agreement as to why it happened, uh, what's frustrating about it. I would say is if this doesn't serve as a wake-up call for the offensive line, then something went terribly wrong. Because at the end of the day, getting sacked 11 times in 11 quarters is not sustainable. And I know what people are going to bring up. You're going to bring up Chris. He got hurt because he held the ball too long on that play. And I agree, on that particular play, Derek Carr held the ball too long. No one's debating that. I've been the first one to say that. But if it wasn't on that play, with the way the offensive line has been playing, he was going to get hurt at some point. It's just a matter of time when you let your quarterback sustain that many hits. And we saw it. I mean, Jameis came in, and like I said, about two drives in, he got punched in the mouth by Rashawn Gary. Because this line, even when they put in an extra lineman, they try to go with max protect, they're incapable right now. And I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if it's just poor play. I don't know if it's a mixture of both, which I kind of think it is. They, they're they in hell in terms of the way this offensive line is playing. And 
the unfortunate part about this entire situation is even, let's say, Derek plays in a week, two weeks' time, whatever, and he makes a really, really good recovery. He's back on the field, and we're feeling good about, hey, man, De- Derek's back. Maybe the Saints can get back to their winning ways. Who's to say he doesn't get hurt again? Who's to say that shoulder doesn't kind of uh, get re-aggravated because he sustained a lot of hits this season? And until the Saints show you that they fixed their offensive line problem for the rest of the season, and it's the truth, and you earn everything in this league. You earn the criticism. You earn the rewards, the respect, all that. You earn the love. The Saints offensive line through three weeks now has earned that unfortunate mark where every time their quarterback drops back, I'm going to be kind of cringing, or anytime they get hit, I'm going to be kind of cringing, worrying about whether or not their quarterback sustained a major injury because they've been incapable of protecting their quarterback. And it's the same thing. Like, in a minute, I'm going to talk about Jameis Winston, whether or not Jameis can hold down the forward, my thoughts on him in this offense, all that. Anything I say is irrelevant if we get to the point where Jameis is also not protected by this offensive line. Because then you start counting down the clock and going, okay, when is it Jameis' turn to get hurt? Because this offensive line can't protect. Again, Derek got hurt because he held the ball too long on that play, but it was going to be a matter of time. You can't let your quarterback get hit. 11 sacks in 11 quarters is nuts to me. The fact that that's even been a thing is embarrassing. And the last thing I'll say about the offensive line, I want to put this out here. It, w- it is not as simple as, oh, Trevor Penning's the problem. No, James Hurst has not been good. Eric McCoy has not played up to his standard. Ryan Ramchek is no longer the, the elite right tackle we thought he was. He's no longer that at this stage right now. He's got to earn that respect back. Same goes for the right guard position. Cesar Ruiz has not had a good start to this season. Now he's hurt as well, was in concussion protocol. So I think for New Orleans... All five have to get it together. It's not as quick as, well, your left tackle is in his really red shirt uh, freshman year, kind of, and he's been holding the line back. No, this line as a group has been abysmal, and I just don't know when they get it fixed, how long it's going to take them to get it fixed. So that's where I'm at with this situation. But with that being said, guys, let's get into Jameis Winston. Because if Derek Carr is going to miss time, Jameis Winston will be the starting quarterback. Uh, There's really no debate there. The problem for me And where we get into this conversation, do you think he hold down the fort? I don't think the coaching staff thinks he could hold down the fort. And that's not my opinion. That's just me going off the way they coach. When Jameis Winston came in on Sunday, everyone saw it. The play calling got very conservative. They kind of went away from things that they've been doing with Derek Carr. And as a result, they had a lot of three and outs, put more pressure on the defense. Defense ends up giving up 18 points in the fourth quarter. I think with the talent around this Saints offense, especially at the wide receiver position, a really loaded group. And they're all healthy right now. Thankfully, knock on wood, it stays that way. The Saints have too many weapons in the wide receiver room and also add in a guy like Jawan Johnson, who Jameis Winston obviously likes to throw to, to just play this really, really conservative style of football. Because I think if the Saints are going to try and do what the Jets are doing with Zach Wilson, where they go, don't have any turnovers. Let's just see if we could steal a drive or two and just rely on your defense. The year is 2023. You can't do that shit anymore. You can't. And I know there is bad that comes with Jameis Winston. I know there is the risk you run of turnovers and just playing that kind of loosey-goosey style of football. But for me, I think the best thing you're going to do if you're New Orleans is understand, well, that may come out. You're also going to get some upside out of him because he is able to stretch the field vertically. He is able to kind of put those throws downfield that maybe some quarterbacks aren't willing to make or can't make. And I think for New Orleans, with this elite defense, I'd actually rather take my chances and, and, and be a little bit more aggressive. I'm not saying the Saints have to air it out every play like Tampa in 2019. That That's where you get those high volume of mistakes. But 
I think there is a formula, and we saw it kind of during the 2021 season with Sean Payton for that seven-game stretch before Jameis got hurt where, yeah, it was a lot of dink and dunk, a lot of conservative stuff because you're trying to make Jameis play within the system. But there was a deep shot here and there. We really didn't see that against Green Bay. Maybe the Saints really thought they could just hold on to that 17-point lead. and Maybe that's why they decided to go kind of soft with it. But for me, I would like to see them air it out a little bit more. A little bit more. I'm not saying for them to just go air raid offense. I'm just saying put a little bit more trust in your quarterback because this type of system that they ran yesterday is not going to work. And honestly, I think you can make an argument that this system in general doesn't work in the NFL anymore. And I think that's a topic we can discuss for a later day if this Saints offense continues to sputter the way it does. But look, next four games, let's say Derek were to miss them. And I don't think he's going to miss four games. I really don't. I'd be surprised if he misses more than two games. And this isn't me having any knowledge of this of the situation. I know Derek Carr's a tough son of a bitch. And I know for a fact that these type of injuries, when it means pain tolerance, guys like him don't want to miss time. So maybe at most they miss two games. But let's go through the next four just to be, you know, for devil's advocate type reasons, let's go through it. You have the Buccaneers at home. You have the Patriots on the road. You have the Texans on the road. And then you have the Jaguars at home. Buccaneers at home is the most important game out of that stretch. Divisional game, got to protect home turf. Saints win that game, you're in a really good spot anyway because you're 3-1, and one, you're 2-0 to start your, your divisional play. That, that's really good for the Saints. That's a big one. Can they win that one? Absolutely. Now, the concern would be Tampa Bay knows Jameis Winston better than any other team. We saw last year Jameis kind of spiraled out of control against them in Week 2, and there is that concern. But the Saints' defense against a Baker Mayfield-led offense – I think can do its thing, especially at home. There's going to be a lot of energy surrounding the team. Alvin Kamara will be back. We'll discuss in just a minute. They can win that game. There's no doubt about it. So that one is possible. At Patriots, that is another one where I actually think you might have to play the conservative style and see which quarterback fucks up first. Is it yours and Jameis Winston, or is it Mac Jones on the other sideline? And I just saw a Jets team with a really good defense lose 15 to 10. So the blueprint is there, and I'm not saying to lose 15 to 10. I'm saying the blueprint is there to keep this thing really, really close, rely on the two defenses. And I think that's kind of what that situation can play out with or without Derek Carr. So that game is, again, not the easiest in the world because playing at New England, playing against Bill Belichick, there are, there are fits that can be had. But I think this isn't a game where you're looking at it and go, oh, well, that's definitely an L. Now the third one, at Texans, look, C.J. Stroud's looked really good. There's no doubt about it. But you hope that your defensive-minded head coach can make up uh, and bring out some certain plays and schemes that will throw a, a you know the rookie quarterback in for a loop. And I, I think that they can do that. I, and I don't know if this one's the one that maybe you could say, all right, maybe they fall short. Texans offense has some explosiveness to it. But yeah, I, th- I think, look, that's another game that the Saints can absolutely hold their own in. And then the fourth one, Jaguars. Look, it's only three games. Don't want to overreact. But Jaguars have not looked good right now. I thought they would look a lot better. They haven't. They beat the Colts week one, needing a really good second half, lost to the Chiefs where the offense looked terrible, and then get blown out by the Texans at home. So uh, they're not facing any juggernaut teams yet. They're, they're not playing a Niners team. They're not playing an Eagles team. They're not playing the Miami Dolphins. None of those guys are on your schedule. These are all games that you can win, in my opinion. So uh, can Jameis hold down the fort? I think the answer with this defense, with this schedule is yes. Will the coaching staff put a little bit of faith in him? That, that's the question I have, uh, and we'll see what the answer ends up being. Now, before I get into your comments, and I'll do that in just a minute, just want to remind you guys, while it's very easy to be upset this Monday morning because the Saints blew that 17-point lead, Derek Carr got hurt, it's really the worst regular season loss they've had in a little in a little bit of time. 
I want to remind you guys, Alvin's coming back, three-game suspension's over, and I think he can help this red zone offense. I think he, he can help this run game. I think he can help them rediscover the screen game that's been non-existent through the first three weeks of the season. And I'm not saying Alvin's going to solve everything, right? He can't solve the offensive line issues. Uh, he can't solve turning them in from a 17-point offense to a 27, 30-point offense. But man, there are moments where they lack that juice. They lack that uh, explosiveness. Not having the screen game has obviously been really a really big detriment to this team. And I think having Alvin back in the fold is going to be huge. And I'll talk about Alvin at, at more dialogue and, and at, you know, a longer-winded conversation about why I can't wait to see him back as we get closer to Sunday's game against Tampa Bay. But make no mistake about it, the fact that Alvin Kamara is back now is huge for the Saints. I said before the year, I thought he was going to have a bounce-back season. There's nothing that's led me to change that because I still think that Alvin could be really, really, really good in this offense. And I actually think this is why I want to see how this offense looks with Alvin now before I start going, okay, this scheme just can't work in today's NFL. If it doesn't work with Alvin and they look like a mess, we're going to have a pretty big um, you know, dialogue in it. But I think for now, I feel pretty good about getting Alvin back into the fold and hoping you can rediscover some things that have made the Saints offense flow a little bit better and also make life easier for your quarterback, right? I talked about Jameis Winston and whether or not they have confidence in him. If you're able to get Alvin in there, let him make some plays in the passing game, the screen game, that should make life a little bit easier for Jameis Winston. Now, before I get into your comments, uh, your questions, your concerns, I want to get to a quick word from one of our sponsors, DraftKings Sportsbook. Can you believe we've had seven months without an NFL game? Crazy, right? Well, good thing that's over. NFL's here in DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a can't-miss offer. New customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. DraftKings is hooking everyone up with game day greatness. Download now and use code BOOT to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly just for betting 5 bucks. That's code BOOT only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Once again, thank you to DraftKings Sportsbook for being part of the program. So let me get into this. Uh, any comments you guys have, comments, questions, concerns, I'll pull them up on the screen. We're going to start off with Alex here saying, looks like Carr avoided a major injury, thankfully. Still think he misses two to three weeks, which the Saints can survive with their schedule over that period of time. No sense in rushing him back, especially if the O-line continues to struggle. Higher chance of re-injury, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. You're definitely right. I think they can survive a two- to three-week stretch without him. The question is, though, does this offensive line get that wake-up call? Or is this just the O-line for the rest of the year? And if it is, any hopes, dreams we had of the Saints winning certain games, playoff games, whatever, uh, that's out the window. If they, if they can't protect against Green Bay, against Carolina, against Tennessee, uh, when you play a, a Cowboys defense led by Micah Parsons, you play a Niners defense led by a Nick Bosa, led by a Javon Hargrave, you're screwed, man. You're absolutely screwed. DJ Johnson says, season's not over after one loss. We went 2-1. and one. Should be 3-0 without AK. Lots of football left with a favorable schedule, but the O-line has serious issues. Other than that, we're good. I, I do agree to, to most of that. I, I think that this is still a really good football team. And I, I said it yesterday, right? Like, I'm frustrated because they should be 3-0. That's where the frustration st stems from. And if you are 3-0, we're maybe looking at this Derek Carr situation a little bit differently. Maybe we're saying, hey, take an extra week off. From whatever we thought the timeline was, Take one more week off because you are 3-0. You are feeling like you have a little bit of wiggle room now. But now I look at the Saints team and you are 2-1. You're one more loss away from being 500. The ball changes a little bit. And the O-line is a real concern. The O-line is such a concern right now 
that it trumps a lot of the good. Because I agree, there is a lot of good. The, you know, Crystal Lava has looked excellent. Michael Thomas has looked really sharp through three games. I think the defense, as for the exception of one bad quarter, has been arguably the best defense in the league. And now all of that gets put to the side because you're like, man, I don't know if the offensive line can hold up to sustain drives. I don't know if they can keep their quarterback healthy. It's just tough right now. But I, I agree with you. I still think this is a good football team. It's just a really big concern for me. Alex says, run game has actually been pretty decent, and they can rely on that, especially with AK back. And nice flashes from Kendra and Tony Jones. Just can't get Jameis sacked once per quarter like Gar. They can't. And the other problem is Jameis actually holds the ball for a while too. Like Derek held on too long on the play, got hurt. And there, there is obviously that concern. Jameis, I know, likes to hold on a little long because he wants to see if he can make that big play, wants to see if things will kind of open up downfield. I don't think he's going to be able to do that though because if he does that, now he's going to run the risk of getting hurt. And hopefully that's not the case. Wesley Fernandez says, is an AC sprain what Drew played through in 2018? Uh, Drew has had an AC joint sprain, I believe. I'll just search it up just to be sure. But I'm pretty sure Drew Brees has had one. Um, looking through it now. I mean, he, he's talked about having them, you know. But we, I'm, uh, the funny thing is, I, I, if you type in Drew Brees AC joint on, on Google, the first thing that comes up is when uh, Texas's quarterback last year got hurt. And he says, in quotes, if it's an AC joint separation, go to the locker room, shoot it up, put a harness on, and take shotgun snaps the rest of the game. So clearly Drew would play through this injury even if he hurt his shoulder, which I'm not surprised. I mean, Drew played through a a punctured lung against the 49ers. So that's not a surprise. But I think it's a little bit different. Drew's obviously had his wear and tear on his shoulder, but we'll see uh, how close this is to that. Trav504 says, holy shit, this offense sucks. Hard to disagree with you there, man. Jerry G says, we're 2-1. and one. We'll be all right. Antonio says, thankfully, Derek Carr's okay and it's nothing serious. Jerry says, you know what? F that. <laughs> this offense is hot shit. Uh, and then it added, enough of the positive talk. I'm unleashed this morning. Yeah, no, I don't blame you for being unleashed. I was pretty unhinged yesterday talking about the Saints. A uh, lot of animated talk. And I think rightfully so. The, the Saints have looked the same in every game this year. Really good defense. Offense can't close the uh, sh- uh, slam the door shut. Teams start to linger a little bit, and then the defense would make a stop towards the end. Except this week, the defense didn't make a stop towards the end, and they didn't have that deep ball to Rashid Shahid to kind of close the game. So that's all that did. They, they didn't learn anything from their first two wins, is what I'll say. And that's where I get concerned. Like I still think the Saints, because I had them going ten and seven, eleven and six this year. I still think they could very well do that. There's no doubt in my mind. But what I what I want to say though is, the Saints coaching staff has not given me any belief to feel like they're more than just a team that can beat up on a bad schedule. Because I don't know if this coaching staff's good enough. I know the players are good enough. I, I have no doubt about that. Even with the banged-up O-line, uh, banged-up O-line, just terrible O-line, excuse me. I'm not giving them the excuse of being banged up. They're just bad right now. I think that a better coach would find ways to make it work. They would find ways. And I just think this offensive coaching staff and this coaching staff as a whole just can't do it. Just call me, Trey says, I've heard three to six weeks as usual. So for Carr, I think we'll miss two games, in my opinion. I agree. I think he misses two games. I think he's back for the Texans game. But I could be wrong. Maybe he plays Sunday against the Bucs. Who the hell knows? But I would be pretty scared if he does that. Antonio says the O-line is an absolute liability. Trav 504 says we got to beat Tampa. They definitely do. That's the most important one, obviously. Not just because it's the next game, a division game. Antonio says Derek Carr's been getting harassed since week one. That's for sure. Wesley says, where the F was the flag on that car sack? Dude, dude just jumped on top of him. 
Yeah, a lot of people were saying he jumped off the top rope like it was a WWE move. And I kind of agree. I don't understand how this in this day and age where you're all about quarterback safety, you're all about making sure they don't get hit, and there's some ticky-tack plays that get called, how that one doesn't get called. Because that was a blatant one in terms of what this league's trying to outlaw. You're trying to outlaw defensive linemen swinging and, and, and slinging these quarterbacks to the ground like it's nothing, like they're a rag doll. And I think for... This particular situation, it has nothing to do with the fact that it was Derek Carr. It's more so just going by what the NFL is trying to officiate. I don't understand how that wasn't a flag. Obviously, at the end of the day, it is what it is. Saints are still up 17 and going to the fourth. They should have finished the deal. But it's kind of just a little bit like just salt in the wound, you know? Trav 504 says four sacks in each game, shaking my head. I agree with you. Just call me Trey says the O-line is, is better. Get it together. I don't know, man. At some point... I think uh, I think some at some point you are who you are, right? Like, I know it's only three games, but they haven't gotten any better through three games. They've looked exactly the same. Four sacks, four sacks, four sacks. Next week's probably another four-sack game, too, at this rate. So until they show us they can be better, like, this is just who we're going to have to assume they are. Jerry G says, I'm for real. That offense completely sucks ass. I blame the coaches, the play call, and the offensive line. Yeah, I think that's who the blame goes to. Again, I know a lot of people who don't like Derek Carr. They were blaming Derek Carr the first three games. Then when Derek Carr got hurt, people don't like Jameis for playing Jameis the first uh, two quarters that he was in. That, that's, the, that's the easy way out. The cop-out is to blame the quarterback. The real problem is the Saints' offense has not looked good for three years. And despite not looking good for three years, their offensive coordinator has still been there. It's the only job in the world that's had this type of security. And I don't get why, and I'm not trying to call out the Saints right now, but sometimes you have to. This is it. This is it. I swear to God, if this season ends and the Saints offense looks like this the entire season and Pete Carmichael's back, you can go in there and fire everyone. You can fire the, you can fire the whole coaching staff, fire everyone in that building because there's got to be a level of accountability. Now, I'm not saying the season's over because it's not. They're 2-1. I still think the Saints are going to be a playoff team. I do. But they don't play football the way it's supposed to be played in the year 2023. They play a completely different game from everyone else. And while everyone goes, well, you know, maybe it's just because they don't have Sean Payton. I don't know, man. It's only three weeks, but Sean Payton's system looks a little outdated in Denver now, too. The league changes. Things evolve. And when it comes to offensive scheme, the Saints' offensive scheme looks archaic compared to everyone else. So I, I do agree. Like, this defense is incredible, and, and I love it. But outside of that, I'm, I, I just really hate this offensive scheme. I hate it. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Antonio says, I don't think they were prepared for a scenario where Carr goes down. Ruiz, too. Um, look, man, I don't disagree with you, especially because Carr's had a history of staying healthy. But I think for, for the Saints, did they not see this coming with the offensive line? Like, you're there at the practices. Did the offensive line look stout at the practices? And then you're like, oh, we'll be fine? Because three weeks, nothing's changed. And we all thought it. How come us fans two weeks in were like, man, Carr's going to get hurt at this rate? Like, we, we all, you can go back and find tweets from a bunch of Saints fans saying, man, Carr's taking too many hits. We don't want to see him get hurt. Or he's taking too many hits. It's only a matter of time. Nick Underhill put out his really good piece after the Saints game finished. And like, I think he started off saying, like, we all saw it coming as, as the line. And he's not wrong because you can't let your quarterback get hit that much. But this is, this is a situation they put themselves in. Alex says, poor pass pro doesn't hurt doesn't hurt the quarterback. It limits big play development and forces more quick throws and short to mid-range routes. It does for sure. 
Travis says Saints will be fine. Just relax. Camaro coming back, bro. Look, Camaro is going to help a big, big amount. No doubt about it. Uh, I just still have concerns about this offensive line, though. I just don't know if they'll go away. Jerry G says, and please, please, no racism talk zero. I don't want to hear from anyone, none. I'm guessing this is, you're talking about the quarterback thing. And I'll just say this, and I'm going to end it very quick on the quarterback civil war thing going on Twitter, which is ridiculous. People got to stop making it uh, this guy's camp and that guy's camp. If you're a Saints fan, you're a Saints fan. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is under center. You root for that quarterback because you want the team to do well. You root for whoever puts on that jersey because you want the team to do well. Stop making it about personal agendas. Whoever this is for, if I'm speaking to you, listen to me, understand it, and stop doing it. There's nothing I hate more than when I go on Twitter and I just want to have friendly conversations about the Saints and people have to make it about just Derek Carr or people have to make it about just Jameis Winston. Enough of that shit. If you fall in on either side, just stop fucking doing it. It's really annoying. It's, it's gotten to a point for the last three years. There's been such a toxic dialogue that there are days that I want to state my opinion on the, state, on the Saints and I don't do it because I don't want to hear any bullshit about what agenda you have, whether you're pro-Jameis or anti-Jameis or pro-car or anti-car. This goes for everyone. You put on a Saints jersey, I'm going to root for you till you're no longer wearing a Saints jersey, and that's that, and that's all there is to it. So please, and this is the last time I'm going to say it, just don't do it anymore. Just don't do it. It really, really bothers me because I've never seen it before with this Saints fandom. I, I've never seen it before. And I know who's fucking responsible for this entire thing. And it is what it is. That's what that person wants to do. And that's fine. I get what they want. But it's really, really annoying because we've literally reached the point where there's like cults breaking out within the Saints fan base. Like Derek Carr got hurt. And the first tweet I saw that people were going around was, well, if Jameis plays better, do we have a quarterback controversy? Why the fuck is that the first thing on your mind? The first thing should be, I hope Derek Carr is okay. The second thing should be, I hope Jameis Winston holds down the fort. Like, that's a normal, rational way of looking at it. I know it's very hard to do that, but, man, it's, it's just so freaking annoying. So freaking annoying. Now, I apologize for the rant. I'll get back into your comments. We're going to go back with Antonio saying, Winston loves going to MT and Juwan and said Carr likes going to Olave and Shahid. Yeah, I think if you're one of those people who owns Juwan Johnson in fantasy, you're wondering why he hasn't had a hot start. If Jameis Winston plays on Sunday, I would not be surprised that Juwan Johnson has his best game of the season so far. Travis says Adebo didn't play. Uh, uh, Y'all, 27 got roasted. Yeah, Isaac Yadam got roasted. Adebo being out was definitely a concern. That's a really good point, Travis. Trap 504, who's to blame for being conservative? Uh, your offensive coordinator and then the head coach who empowers the offensive coordinator. That's what I would say. Travis says O-line's got to change it up, move 70 inside. So I'm actually going to do my rewatch of Saints Packers after this stream ends. But I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't think Trevor Penning is the main problem here. I think Trevor Penning is part of the problem. I think there's a lot more behind the scenes, though, than that. I think that there, there's a real big issue with the entire line right now. Uh, McCoy and Ramchek are supposed to be the guys that we love and we, we praise. They're not playing up to that standard right now. Ruiz obviously has not played up to that standard yet, and he's gotten hurt. And, and Hurst is kind of showing you why you love to have him on your team, but you don't really want him to start all 17 games because he is a little bit limited. So, to me, it's not just as simple as, you know, Trevor Penning's to blame, and that's it. Margaret says, Winston always wants to go for the kill shot down the field. He holds the ball longer than Carr. You're going to be in a lot of hurt. We'll see. They, they, could, they could design an offense with a lot of quick hitters, the screen games, the slants, the quick outs, and try to make uh, speed up that clock a little bit for Jameis, and we'll see. Jerry says, we went from feeling good to go, uh, uh, feeling good to go 3-0, to shitting the bed in the fourth quarter to go two and one. Yeah, pretty much. Antonio says Wilson would have his get back against Tampa Bay. I hope he does, for sure. Margaret says need the Bucs to lose tonight. They're playing the Eagles. We uh, we hope they do. 
Kenneth says the system slash play calling sucks. Seems like every route slash receiver is covered and every catch is contested. Contested. No one is is screamed open in my opinion. I don't disagree with that. Like I said, I think that there is, you know, something to be said about coordinators that scheme their guys open. And what I'll say by that is, so the Rams, right? Cooper Cup goes down. And all of a sudden, we're talking about, you know, Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell, guys that nobody heard of coming into the season. They're balling out. And now, do you think it's because of their quarterback and scheme? Or do you think it's because they're good players? It could be a mix of both. But guys like Sean McVay get the best out of their players. Uh, guys like Kyle Shanahan, Brandon Ayuk sits out Thursday night. Ronnie Bell, an undrafted guy or, or late dra- draft pick out of Michigan, he ends up having a touchdown in his first game in a big role. Like, good good coaches scheme their guys open. Josh M says, Kamara's back. Falcons and Cowboys also lost. Groupie gets his first miss out of the way, and the team doesn't have to walk the line of keeping a perfect record. I don't think they're ever going to have to walk that line. I definitely like the, the positive spin. But uh, I don't think they would have to walk that line much longer. Danny T04 says, how did we not send some help when it was clear that exposing Yadam basically became their game plan? Literally nine minutes left. Uh, I don't know, man. I really don't know. But, and, and that's why I said, I talked about it yesterday, right? People are like, well, Chris, how can you blame the defense? It's not that I'm blaming the players. I'm blaming the scheme. I'm blaming the coaches. Jordan Love had all day. And then because Jordan Love had all day, your back end was getting exposed. And, I thought the Saints should have sent a little bit more pressure, especially against the banged-up Green Bay O-line. Jerry says, I was giving encouragement Sunday after the loss, but the more I thought about it, I said, damn, damn that, this sucks ass. It was a tough loss, man. It was a tough loss. Josh says, hot take, Isaac played well. Of course you're going to eventually give up a catch when they're constantly targeting you. I thought he played fine for what he was in. Like, the way Isaac played for me, it makes me feel like if he's got to play a limited role during games, he can do that. I just don't think he's a starter, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, yeah. Tony says, thankfully, we have the third easiest schedule. Thank God. And it is it does look pretty pretty favorable right now. Danny says, Dennis played too conservative. Story of his life. Adam says, if they don't put faith in him, why not? Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. The whole Jameis situation is weird. Because if you can't put faith in him and you don't really want him running your system, you couldn't find a way to end this marriage after last season. So we'll see what happens. But it's a weird situation. Antonio says that was the most frustrating loss in a while. I agree. For me, it was the most frustrating loss in the regular season in a, in a good bit, in a good minute for this team. Margaret says the problem is if the offense goes three and out, the defense is going to be useless. We saw it last night. Yeah, it's definitely a concern. Tiring out your elite defense. They can't play 35 to 40 minutes a night. Danny says on the two to, on the on the two to last drive, would you have let Groupie make that 55 uh, yard field goal or kick? Yeah, I would have gone for it. Uh, I, I think there's two things you do. I think you either go for it on fourth down or you kick the field goal. That, that's it. And, and, and I'm cool with either decision. That, I'm cool with either decision. And I think the Saints have to understand and get it through their thick skulls. They have one of the worst punters in the NFL right now. And I don't want to see I – don't, I, I don't want to see if it's not groupie out there. It better be the, the offense running out there because I don't want to see Lou Edley running out to try and pin people back. I just don't think he's a good punter. That's the way I see it. If he changes my mind, I'll, I'll let you guys know. But for now, I'm not I'm not positive about it. Danny says Alvin coming back to this old line is scary. Yeah, it's not a, it's not the best situation. That's for sure. Just call me Trey. This year, offensive this year offensive line and coaching will be the determining factor of the season. That seems to be very clear to me right now. I agree, no doubt about it. 
Kenneth says Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael reverted back to their 2022 ways, super conservative and no faith in the QB. I agree. That's it looked like the Tampa Bay game from last year where they ironically lost by one point after blowing a fourth quarter lead, just like the Saints did yesterday. Danny says the O-line should be ashamed of themselves. They know they messed up this game. Yeah, they've seemed pretty dejected in the locker room, which, you know, you kind of expect with the way they, they played. Travis says DC went down, the offense got worse, and the defense and special teams followed. I agree. Antonio says, I think adding screens into the mix might be beneficial to the O-line improving. No doubt about it. Jerry says, we had this game in the bag. We shit the bed in the fourth quarter. Yep, that's for sure. Danny says, so Taysom Hill's role will now be limited. I believe so. I don't want it to, to be, but I believe it will. Uh, but, but we'll see. Margaret says, what also bothered me was the, la- the lack of sacks last night. I totally, the, the, the defensive line was not getting there at all. And, and that was a concern. Super chat from Antonio. Thank you for the support, man. Really appreciate it. Antonio says, Alante Taylor balled out. He needs his flowers. I said uh, yesterday, the most frustrating thing about this Saints loss was as they were winning and I was, I was putting together my notes for this uh, Sunday live stream and what I was going to talk about. One of the top things that was I, what I was going to say was that was the best game I've seen Alante Taylor play. And Alante played so well that I felt like he came into his own. And I don't know. I like, it's weird to say. I just so proud of the way he played, even though I'm a fan watching it. He was outstanding. He was all over the field, making plays, being aggressive. And you were like, okay, Debo was out and it didn't really matter because Alante stepped in and did his thing. And all of that, like good talk. I just felt like it kind of got wiped out towards the end because between the penalties late and them just losing the game. But I agree with you. Alante balled out and he absolutely deserves his flowers uh, for that. Cause he, he was great. Trav five, four says, should we hire Chucky? I, I would say no, but who the hell knows? Maybe that's what the saints decide to do. Nicole says, do we think that the issue is the line itself or is it the coaching and technique? I think it's got to be a little bit of both guys are just playing terribly right now, but clearly the techniques off too, because Dennis Allen kind of is, is hinting at that when he's saying, man, I thought we had these covered up. Like we, we knew that this was going to be a good Packers D line when he's making those type of comments. I think that's kind of a direct, uh, you know, comment at, at the, the coaching going, where the hell did we go wrong? We knew who we were facing. Connor with the shift says, I'm going to be honest. This coaching staff is the same from last year. I don't understand Winston has been there for three years and he shows zero confidence in him. Shaking my head. Dennis doesn't want his job. Hard to argue with any of that. I mean, the, the, the coaching staff looks the same. They've been behaving the same way. It's frustrating. Adam says, if the line stinks and two holds the ball longer than four, why the hell would we be optimistic? I think you're just hoping that this schedule with this defense, they can win your games. But I agree, it's, it's pretty tough. Why is no one talking about how this defense like Green Bay come back with eight minutes in the fourth quarter? I mean, I talked about it yesterday. I said that the defense got a little bit too much of a pass because the offense was so bad. But they had to get one stop. They had to, and they haven't. They, they weren't unable to do it, which sucks. Maybe it's fatigue, but they weren't getting pressure on Jordan Love, and the secondary towards the end kind of fell apart, whether it was flags or not. Adam says, we heard so much about Juwan in this tight end room. Why are they invisible to our QBs? Part of the reason is they got to block a little bit more because the O-line stinks. But I think it was just kind of finding the, the, the flow on offense, which they still haven't found, and they're not going to find if Derek Carr misses time now because then that takes him out of the rhythm. And when you put him back in, he's got to try and pick up where he left off, which wasn't a great spot to pick up from anyway. So I don't think it's a, a tight end issue. I think this offense has no flow right now, and, and that's what's hurt them. 
Connor says they're both mid quarterbacks. One's just a little bit better than the other. You have to draft a quarterback who can make some crazy plays and who's younger. Only way I see us winning. Honest to God, guys, the Saints are not winning a Super Bowl with this coaching staff. So, like, I think, again, the, the, the easy way out is to blame the quarterbacks and be like, man, they need this explosive player or whatever. But and, and I want a younger quarterback, and I want a guy that you can rely on for the next 10, 15 years. They don't grow on trees, though. And I, I think that for New Orleans, none of that matters as long as this is the coaching staff. If this is the coaching staff of the future, then it's going to be this conservative style of football, and, and that's all there is to it, unfortunately. Ludat Nation 97 says Pete Carmichael needs to trust Jameis and not hold back on the playbook for the next couple of games. This is fourth year in the offense. We can't have Jameis have two opponents. It's pretty fair. I like the way you worded that. Joshua says, have you touched on the complete ghost party for the defense in the second half? I'm just getting here. Uh, yeah, I went in depth yesterday. I, I didn't feel the need to go in again on them today because I'm sure when I do my film review, I'm going to bring up uh, you know, what they did wrong, what I see from it on the second viewing, which should be done within the next day or two in terms of all the videos coming up. But I went in on them yesterday. As good as you are, you can't give up 18 points in a quarter. No matter how fatigued you are, you've got to find a way deep down to get that one stop. Maybe it's the coaching has to be a little different. Maybe you send more pressure, do something different. They didn't do that. They just let Jordan Love march down the field time and time again. And it was frustrating. So yeah, they definitely deserve some blame. I don't know where they get in when you put the pie together and you start allotting certain percentages of blame to people. I don't know how much I would give to them. But, yeah, they definitely deserve a decent amount of blame there. Red Joseph says, time to uh, recruit some sumo wrestlers from Japan. They can use them on the line, that's for sure. Houdat Nation 97 says, the defense plays against, he plays against during the game and our own coaching staff. I'm assuming this is for Jameis, what you're talking about. Don't disagree there. Adam says, what does the offense do differently with Kamara's screens? Are we just expecting to make bigger holes? Well, he's not going to be able to make the bigger holes in the, in the run game. The offensive line is going to have to do that. But I, I thought the run game was like okay the last two weeks. I don't think it's been abysmal. I, I think he's going to help in the screen game. I think he's going to help as that kind of outlet on those third downs where you kind of give your quarterback that option. And I think that for for the Saints, he's just going to give you that other other receiver you're going to need coming out of the backfield, which is big. I think the Saints kind of lack that. Uh, you can get him out wide. They were doing that in training camp. I'd like to see them do that during games, but we'll see. Tracy says, it's not Jameis versus Carr. They're all on one team. we got to support them all. Totally agree with that. Halal says, say it louder for the people in the back. Jerry's saying, that's why I don't do Twitter. Jerry, it's X now. Get it right. Just kidding. It's it's still Twitter to me. Uh, I don't know why the fuck it changed to X. Danny says, how do we not send some help when it was clear that exposing Isaac Yadam was basically become their game plan? I don't know, man. I thought there could have been a lot of coaching changes towards the second half, and Dennis Allen didn't do it. And as Joshua says here, his record speaks for himself. Red Joseph says, hopefully James will hold it down until Carr's back. Totally agree. I hope that's the case. Nicole says, it's the idiotic new, new age Saints fan. Uh, I'm convinced their brain cells aren't running on all cylinders. I don't know, man. This is where I'm at too. Like, why why do I reach the point where like, I don't want to go on Twitter when these conversations have happened. And, and I want to go on Twitter because like, I literally, I know it sounds like corny and stuff. I just like talking with you guys on Twitter about Saints stuff and just expressing our, our opinions on a platform, whether we're right or wrong. But it gets toxic, man. Wesley says, last thing I'll say about the QB Civil War, so po poetic that Carr gets injured, and as soon as I open Twitter, the first thing I see is a post from Jameis 1 of 1. Yeah, but I mean, th this is that's where a lot of it originates from, the truth of the matter is. Because there are, like, there's, there's certain stats that go up, and people go, well, maybe this guy is better than that guy. And then all these conversations get had. And 
for me, I've always said I'll root for whoever's quarterback of the Saints. What the coaching staff has been telling you, though, is they want someone else to run the system. And the guy that they want in there isn't in there right now because the old line is in shambles. Adam says, does Jameis have the freedom to check out of plays if he sees something on D? He's a nine-year veteran and a veteran of Pete's system. He has that freedom, right? Uh, I'd, I'd imagine to some degree, but there's there's a big difference, though, with the freedom that Derek's had and the freedom that Jameis, Jameis has had. And the reason the Saints wanted Derek more than ever was because they wanted to get to that where it's like, okay, he's got to be at the line of scrimmage, making the changes, whatever he's seeing. That's why they wanted him. And that's why I'm saying when, when Jameis is in, there, there's a different, there's a change in the offense. And maybe that's the big takeaway, but there's a change. Red Joseph says, I was really looking forward to being one of the only 3-0 teams with a chip on my shoulder. I was too, man. Third quarter, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling really good about this team. And it all just went away. Pete Carmichael needs to go. Didn't even want to be here in the first place, says Tori Williams. I don't disagree. New Daylight presents us honestly three positive neutral take uh, takeaways here in order. One, we have X weeks until Derek Carr recovers and one last shot for this coaching staff to show progress, fix the O-line else, uh, or else they can all go. Two, if they don't do it, at least the next few weeks should be good enough to find inner resources on the field. Maybe the O-line will sort itself out or Jabu steps up a bit. Three, if any of it happens, if any of it happens, good. If it doesn't, we'll have to acknowledge the only way for this team to win is, uh, is to... Wait, hey, only way, I can't read this last part. Only way for this team to win is to win it without without staff when Carr's back. I can't read the last part, but I kind of get what you're trying to say. Uh, sorry if my brain's just mush at this point in the morning. Uh, Antonio says, I want whoever uh, suits up for the Saints to play well. It's a team game. We all have our favorites. Nothing wrong with that, but you should want them to win. Totally agree. Uh, Kasim says, the biggest problem is coaching. The town is there. The coaches got to get together or it's going to be a very long season. I agree. John says, why doesn't Taysom get more touches? I don't know, man. I thought he should have got a lot more touches towards the end of the game. Let him kind of take you home, and they didn't do that. Houdat Nation 97, Pete Carmichael needs to trust Jameis and not hold back on the playbook for the next couple of games. This is fourth year in the offense. Uh, I think I saw that one before. I agree with you, though. The defense uh, needs the defense he plays against. Uh, I saw that one before. Uh, John says, I feel like we should have still won whether Carr was playing at all, but I feel like the O-line would have protected him. He would never got hurt, but we got to understand we got a rookie. It's not, it's not just that though. Like, like I said, like it's not just Trevor Penning being a problem. You know, John says also where the hell was Granderson and Jordan yesterday? Granderson flashed at times. I thought Cam Jordan had a pretty weak game for his standards. Why Dennis Allen uh, doesn't practice with James Winston, Derek Carr at the same time. So they could try to get on the same level and see what they need to practice on. Uh, I mean, they practice. I mean, they look, the saints practice during the week. What they think is working. It's just, when the game comes out, it's just not happening. Tori says, it's 2023. Trying to rely on just defense isn't going to win you games. They can only do so much. I agree. Lou says, my apologies if you talked about it this already, but would you try and contact uh, Lyle Collins? Uh, I haven't actually brought that up. I don't, I don't know if that's the case, if they're going to do that. Still a free agent at the moment. We'll see. I think the Saints got to consider changes if they continue, but... I, I just don't know. I, I think the fact that no one's gotten Lyle Collins yet kind of confuses me. Like, I, I thought someone would do it. Maybe the Jets with their old line. Their old line's been pretty putrid, but who knows? Hard to believe or have any faith in this offense when they can't score 20 points. They have failed three games. It's just hard to see this offense complementing defense. I agree, and that's all they needed to do, and they haven't been able to do that so far. Antonio says, 
The Packers didn't have Aaron Jones, David Bakhtiari, Jair Alexander, and, and like two others. Plus, Devondre Campbell went down mid-game. We lost an unhealthy Packers squad. Imagine if we play them healthy again. Yeah, that's why I said yesterday the Derek Carr injury stunk, but I didn't want to bring it up too much because the Packers were not at full strength. Alex says, would like to see Pete get your heat involved in the screen or jet sweep game as opposed to just taking deep shots to him a few times per game. Yeah, I felt like Shahid had no usage outside of that punt return touchdown. Peace to Woke says, missed the old offense, don't we all? Chris says, Crab Legs has not finished a game against the Bucks since becoming a Saint. Hmm, we will see next week if that changes. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know why we got to call him Crab Legs, but uh, we'll see. I, I, Jameis will play next week, though, if, if Derek doesn't start, obviously. And we just got to hope they can try and find a way to play and win an ugly football game 20 to 17, probably. That, that's probably your best bet. Pudat Nation 97 says, sorry for the typos earlier. Man, don't, don't apologize for that. You're all good. Sky says, Carr hasn't won a game for the Saints yet. It's been the defense. He has not won a game yet, if that's what you want to say, fine. Carr has made the winning throws that they needed towards the end. But I do agree, Derek Carr hasn't played great, if that's what you're going for. He has made throws that a guy like Andy Dalton wasn't making last year. I know that's a very low bar, though, so I understand the frustration. But, yeah, obviously the two wins that they got were, were off the backs of their defense, no doubt about it. Red Joseph says, it's so strange I went from Sean Payton getting drives out of rhythm by taking out Drew for Taysom too, uh, too much to non-existent Taysom snaps and targets. Yeah, we'll never know balance. That's what it seems to be. Uh, so if you guys have any more, any more comments, questions, concerns, you guys can get them in. But before we do that, before we get to the close of the show, just want to get into one last word from one of our sponsors, Crystal Hot. I need to clear something up about New Orleans. While our culinary scene might be on fire... Our food has never been about heat. It's always been about flavor. And this is how New Orleans does flavor. Are we clear? Crystal, how New Orleans does flavor. Once again, thank you to Crystal for being part of the program. We do greatly appreciate it as always. So get into any other comments you have left, and then we're going to wrap it up here on this Monday morning. As always, I thank you guys leaving your comments in here. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, Jose Perez says, why not involve Taysom more? He ran all over the Panthers and was almost non-existent yesterday. Jose, I wish I had an answer for you, man. I wish I had an answer for you. The fact that he didn't get the usage that he should have got, especially when Derek Carr got hurt, makes no freaking sense to me. Uh, but that's the world we live in right now. Houdat Nation 97 says, Packers gave us all the bad luck leading up to the game. Marcus May gets suspended. Paulson Debo gets hurt in practice on Friday. And then Derek uh, gets hurt in the game. And yet, despite all that, they still should have won. That's the frustrating part. There's no reason that they walked out of Lambeau Field with an L. And like I said, if you're 3-0, and then Derek goes down, and you feel you realize it's AC joint sprain, you're like, all right, take your time, man. We'll be good. We're 3-0. We have a little bit of leeway. Now you're 2-1. You're like, we got to get back in the win column. It's definitely frustrating for sure. And like Jerry said, just got to get ready for the next game. And of course, as that approaches closer, I'll have more coverage here on the Straight Up Saints podcast. But that's going to wrap it up for this Monday morning edition. As always, guys, I thank you so much for coming in, leaving your comments, showing your support. I greatly appreciate it. I hope despite Sunday's loss, you guys are able to have a really good Monday, a really good start to your week. And of course, I'll be back later this week with more content and we'll preview the Saints-Buccaneers game. That's going to be a big one. We'll have Alvin back. Should be fun for sure. But that's going to wrap it up. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day. And as always, thank you for tuning in and make sure to subscribe to Buku Media's channel for more uh, videos like this and more live streams from the Straight Up Saints podcast, the destination for the Houdat Nation. Have a great Monday, everyone.